0: For me, it was the right foot against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Oh man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and we have reached the end of the season for the 2022 New York Giants. They played into 2023 and into the playoffs, winning a game before losing last Saturday night against the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. A lot to cover. It's been a wild and memorable 12 months for the New York Giants and not in the way Most of their past decade has been defined by coaching searches, embarrassment, and players that just don't reach their potential. On today's show, this will serve as the season wrap. I'll talk to you a little bit about Joe Shane and Brian Dable, what I expect this offseason, maybe a little bit of a look back on this season, and why last Saturday night may have been humbling to some but it was more of a reality check that the Giants really have not lost sight of for an entire year under Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Looking ahead, we will have some special all-in episodes over the next, I don't know, three, four weeks. We'll see what we can put together. Uh, We'll have one around the Super Bowl. It's been 15 years since the New York Giants shocked the NFL world and upset the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 42. So trying to get some things worked out on that front to do kind of a tribute show but also look ahead to this year's Super Bowl back in Arizona. And whatever warranted this offseason with the Giants, we will pop on and do special episodes, whether it's A coaching staff change, which I don't anticipate, whether it is something that happens in free agency or the Giants signing their own free agents, we'll be all over it. We will remain all in, so keep it right here and always look for a new episode of All In. If you subscribe, please do, and this way you will be notified when there is a new episode of All In. So let's get back to Saturday night. In hindsight now, 38-7, to the Eagles beat the Giants. To me, I was not super surprised that the Giants lost the game. I told you I thought the Eagles would win the game. But I do think we forget sometimes there's that recency bias, and it's hard to take a step back to look from 30,000 feet. You know, we have a view from the press box, and I think that's what's interesting in this job is that we have the, fl- the view from the ground floor. We're in the locker room. We're at practice. We are being able to see things up close, to get emotional, to get personal, to see the professional aspect of things. But then also on game days, there's a reason why we're in the press box high up above, seeing the All-22, seeing things from a big-picture perspective. And the big-picture perspective from last Saturday night was not that the Giants didn't show up, which I think you saw some places, was not that the Giants didn't want to win or they played poorly. The Giants, at their best, still would have a hard time beating the Eagles at their best. You're telling me last Saturday night going in, if Jalen Hurts was compromised by his shoulder injury and if Lane Johnson was not being able to perform with his torn abductor, then you know well technically i always laugh at the the injury for for lane johnson just the describing that we really don't know how to describe it it was a groin injury so it's a, an adductor muscle uh and that's why he can't play but you certainly didn't look at lane johnson and say well he wasn't effective he was in pain but he was effective so i look at that game as the eagles are who we thought they were Coming into the season, Howie Roseman did a great job of building this roster. This was not a April to January build for the Eagles. This has been several years coming. The Eagles are a good team. The Eagles may lift the Lombardi for the second time in franchise history in a couple weeks in Arizona. That might happen. You know, one thing that Brian Dable said is that you didn't want to take it for granted. You didn't want to look at the division playoffs and say, "Okay, we're we're satisfied now. And I don't believe the Giants were satisfied. I think they got hit in the mouth early on in the game. I think an overlooked aspect of the emotional win in Minnesota. Giants on a short week on a Saturday night in a place they haven't won since 2013. Who are we kidding here? I mean, let's be honest. I think the Giants were up against it. And in hindsight, it's a little easier looking at it and building that circumstance. But the Giants were beat by a better team. And now the Eagles will take on the 49ers in the conference championship. The Chiefs and the Bengals on the other side. We knew the Giants were not at this level. And now we'll get into the breakdown. It's been a year since Joe Shane was hired as general manager. Think about that. Think about the last 12 months and what it's been like for the Giants. All of the constraints financially because of the salary cap left behind by Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge and the decisions they made. And I'm not going to say all of those decisions were poor ones because at the time it'd be a little hypocritical for me to say that. I didn't come out against the Kenny Galladay signing. I thought it was a rational decision. I thought they made the the commitment financially and they were going to be able to benefit from it down the road. You know, let's not forget, the Giants just ate $18 million for Kenny Galladay this year, and he did nothing. He was not a part of this team. So I'm not going to be hypocritical and tell you that it was a terrible decision from the start, because I didn't think it was. Obviously, it turned out to be that way. I think it more goes towards the philosophical end of things. And that's why Joe Shane, to me, that's the best thing you could take out of Joe Shane this year. Joe Shane is a general manager as a Giants. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm happy about this. He refused to compromise his plan for the future for fool's gold in the present. The Chicago Bears went and traded a second-round pick. What turned out to be the first pick of the second round is technically in the top 32 because the Miami Dolphins lost their first-round pick for the -the off-the-field shenanigans of their owner. So the Bears have 32, essentially. So that's the last pick of the first round under normal circumstances. They traded that to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. There were a lot of fans, a lot of Giants fans who were upset that Joe Shane did nothing at the trade deadline. He didn't trade any picks for Jerry Judy, who, by the way, ended up getting hurt in the second half of the season. He didn't trade a pick for Chase Claypool, which turned out to be A first round pick that the Bears end up giving for Claypool. Shane's ability with this personnel department and what they were able to do to plug holes on the short term. Maybe they found some guys that might be giants in the future. Nick McLeod. Impressive on the back end. A special te- potential special teams ace, Isaiah Hodgins, who by the end of the year, we couldn't tell if it was Isaiah Hodgins or Justin Jefferson running out there. Now, obviously, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but Isaiah Hodgins was a waiver claim from Buffalo. Shane and the personnel department were wise in that claim that they put up. Let's not forget, that was a, either a Monday or a Tuesday, the Giants were on the bye week. And they made that waiver claim. So it was never a restful moment for Joe Shane. The hay was never in the barn. You look at the end of the year, bringing in James Washington to the practice squad. Because you just didn't know. You didn't know how far this thing was going to go. And I think the biggest thing for Joe Shane and what he's shown us is he's true to his philosophy. When he tells you something... You have reason to believe it. Invest in your own players. He said that back in his introductory press conference a year ago Thursday. Why go out to the market and spend on commodities that you don't know? Known commodity was the word from Shane in his postseason wrap on Monday. Known commodities. The Giants have known commodities that they need to make decisions on. Daniel Jones, I believe Daniel Jones will be back. I believe they will work out a deal, let's say, three years, $108 million. That's the deal I'm looking at. That'll give them a little wiggle room for the three years in order to be able to spread the cap out. Yes, $36 million a year annual average might be a little high than what people would have anticipated, But I think that's the sweet spot, and I would look for a deal in in those terms. And if I'm Daniel Jones, I don't feel like the Giants are shorting me any at that point. So that's the number for me. Three for 108. We'll see how the structure turns out. I think the Giants will have Daniel Jones back for next year. Saquon Barkley, a little bit more complicated. Saquon wants to be here. But Saquon knows to play that up, his personality, his presence in this organization matters to ownership, matters to the fan base, or at least part of the fan base. Joe Shane is working against that. Now, if the franchise tag is 10.1, which is what has been put out there, I think the Giants will use that, or at least attempt to, to their advantage. Force Saquon to negotiate a contract on their terms. And if they have to use the franchise tag, then that's putting the pressure on Saquon Barkley to not be that guy. And that's hard. Because there are a lot of people who look up to Saquon Barkley in this area. I think there are a lot of reasons for Saquon to not try to... Reset the market Which is what he said On Baggy Day on Monday He's not looking to do that So It'll be interesting Right now I think The Giants will get a deal With Saquon Barkley I think they'll end up having To use the franchise tag In order to set that deal And if they can't Get to that point I think there will be Uh, It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But the onus is on getting Daniel Jones signed. Like I said, to a three-year deal. That's what I would do. I think you're in that situation. And I think you move forward. One of the interesting things about Jones is the idea that I think the way the team evolved and the way they won this year helped Daniel Jones. He obviously played a big role in that. But the Giants aren't in the top 10. They're not in the top 12 picks. They're picking 25th. It's not going to be easy to get into range for one of these top flight quarterbacks in the first round. So your options beyond Daniel Jones are just not there. And I think you need to be smart about it. I need to keep the deal within the two- to three-year range to be able to set this window of what you want with your quarterback. And if you end up finding a quarterback in the draft somewhere that you really, really like and you want to draft and have him a part of this team, well, then there's a big difference between drafting another quarterback in the top five than there is taking a quarterback somewhere along the line to be able to fit your scheme, fit what you want, and fit your evaluations. Let's get to Brian Dable a little bit. Uh, I think looking back, the beauty of Dable this season really was from the beginning. He's the fourth coach since Tom Coughlin left, right? Ben McAdoo came in in his introductory press conference, Comments about the oversized suit aside, he talked about Super Bowls, talked about putting another trophy in the case. Two years later, less than two years, he was out, then Pat Shermer comes in. Pat Shermer talks about the Super Bowls and wanting to be a Super Bowl team here and getting back to the tradition of the Giants winning Super Bowls. Two years later, he's out. Joe Judge talked about winning the Super Bowl. Once he got into the job, he was looking at not worrying about the standings, focusing on process. But that Super Bowl ideal was set, that fifth Super Bowl trophy. Then fast forward to Brian Dable. When he got here, he did not say, we are going to win Super Bowls here. He really made no proclamations. Kept it day by day. Kept it. That's where the focus was. Lockstep with the general manager. Move forward. Get to know all the players on your roster. FaceTiming with your players on... On Zoom or on FaceTime. And figure it out that way. And I think... The best thing I could say about Dable also is that he didn't put together a staff of his friends. He felt as though he could put together a process to bring in guys that could fit what he wanted as a coaching staff. Does that come from his experience in the NFL going back 20 plus years? Probably. Did that mean he didn't bring guys in that he had worked with previously? No, of course not. Jerome Henderson, he worked with with the Jets and the Browns. Obviously, Bobby Johnson, Shea Tierney, he worked with them in Buffalo. But making a statement about what you want as your coaching staff went a long way in this team. Dable believed in building trust. He built the trust with his coaching staff, and it was reciprocal. He built the trust with his players, that was reciprocal. And you heard that in the first week of the season. Heck, you heard that the first day of the offseason program when Saquon Barkley talked about the idea of seeing a playbook and talking about plays in a classroom setting and then getting out to practice field. And then when you, when you got in practice, you never saw those plays again. And Dable was not like that. His offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, was not like that they made sure that whatever they talked about behind the scenes they put out into the universe so to speak and put that on the field put it on the grass let's see what it looks like and if you look at this offense the end of this season and compare it to what the giants had looked like the previous let's just say 6 seasons it was no comparison didn't even look like it didn't look like it they became a new offense they had a new identity and that was Dable's greatest strength is that he was able to turn the Giants over without flipping a table he was able to do it with a scalpel and I think that mattered for this team so those are the things that are right off the top of my head this week I think, uh, from my perspective, it was an entertaining season. It was interesting. It was refreshing. You know, it's been a while since, as a beat writer, we had to reserve several hotel rooms in different cities a week in advance, race to the computer system to book travel after games because you didn't know where you were headed for the playoffs. That all happened this year. Nine wins in the regular season, a tenth win in the playoffs, first playoff win since Super Bowl 46 I'm not sure how anyone related to the Giants or judging the Giants could say that this season was anything but a success. But as we've seen with Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer to an extent, and especially Joe Judge in year two, Year two is the challenge. The Giants need to figure out why things have gone south here in year two. They can't repeat the mistakes that have been made by previous regimes. Now, I'm not saying that Brian Dable and Joe Shane will, but there are mistakes you tend to make when you have such an overwhelmingly positive season. You have to be honest with yourselves. And I think Joe Shane, by acting the way he did this season... By refusing to compromise that plan. I think he showed that was his greatest quality. His greatest quality is the fact that he was able to be honest with this team. With his appraisal of this team. With his confidence in the coaches. But also knowing that there were still ways to go for this team to have a roster that's ready to compete for a championship. And they need to be able to look at this roster the way it is and assess the roster with only supplemental information based on how this season played out. You can look at this team and say, well, they only need a couple couple things to stop the run defense and, you know, let, let's just plug in a couple offensive linemen and, you know, and then one receiver and then we're good. It's not how it works. The Giants learned that the hard way 2016 into 2017. They thought they were a player or two away. What was the biggest deficiency on offense that year? We need to be able to get a seam buster. Let's find a tight end that could make big plays down the field. Because teams are playing cover two against us, and we can't attack them the way we'd like to. So they go and they draft Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram obviously did not pan out as the weapon that they thought they would. They ignored some of the keys on defense that they probably needed to address. And by the end of that season, the defense had imploded. And that's where it ended for Ben McAdoo and ultimately Jerry Reese. They can't make those mistakes this year. So it's a little bit of a unique offseason this year for the Giants. We're not sure when news is going to come. You're not looking at a head coaching change. Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale both up for head coaching jobs. So obviously if that were to happen, that would be seismic shifts for this coaching staff for Brian Dable. So they would have to make those decisions. We'll come back with new episodes of All In if we needed to do that. Uh, But again, I wanted to thank you, the fans, the audience, For being all in with this program. We're now two seasons in. I think the show has continued to evolve. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of guests. Great episodes this year. I'd love you to drop me a line. Let me know which ones you liked. What you didn't like. But we will have a new episode. Before the Super Bowl this year. Hopefully. With a Giants flavor. But until then. We'll stay all in. And you stay on as well. Have a great day. Enjoy the conference championship games. And take a deep breath off of what was a good Giants season in the first year of Joe Shane and Brian Dable.